Hello, and welcome back to the Chronic Pain Experience Podcast. I am your host, Dina Chopolis. In today's episode, we are talking about restoring confidence for a life well-lived, despite the relentless grip of chronic pain. Before we begin, though, I do want to acknowledge the unceasing weight of living with constant pain, the persistent doubts that arise with each ache, and the ongoing frustration feeling like your body has let you down. This pain extends beyond the physical, shaping an enduring emotional battle as well. It gradually wears away at your self-esteem, causing you to question your values and your capacity to lead a gratifying life. We'll explore how restoring your confidence can be the key to unlocking a life of purpose, connection, and joy. We'll address the common obstacles and challenges faced by those who live with pain, and we'll challenge the beliefs that hold you back from embracing a life well-lived. Today, I am joined by a friend and former colleague, Anne DeLuca. Anne is an author and a women's confidence coach with a coaching certification through the Coactive Training Institute, a neuro-linguistic programming master practitioner, and certified resilience coach with the Leadership Wellness Group. Anne is passionate about helping women, in particular, hear their own voice, tap into their own strengths and capabilities, and get clear on what they want so they're able to stop running away from what they don't want and start running towards what they do with purpose and confidence. Anne's a regular human being just like everyone else with fears, vulnerabilities, and insecurities. She also has a ton of courage, a really positive mindset, and is constantly listening for the nudges of her heart and gut and heeding them when they come. She's been described as grounded, real, and optimistic. It just so happens that this is what her clients, friends, and family, and myself most appreciate about her, which is her realness. Anne's motto for life has pretty much always been, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Take chances, take a leap, and see what happens. Does it always work out? Hell no. However, Anne will tell you that she has few regrets, and it often does work out, and sometimes way better than ever could have been imagined. Anne, Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I have to tell you, listeners and whoever might be viewing this, we tried last week to do this through technology and I think technology said screw you. So we're <laughs> doing it face to face, which is honestly exciting because we've known each other for so long that this is just right. fun. Yeah. Uh, so thank you guys for, for being here with us. So uh, what I am most excited about, other than seeing Anne face-to-face, is that we're really going to dive into talking about building self-confidence. And Anne is the queen of helping women, especially, and men too. She she gets men mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> you but do. mostly women. But yes. Yeah, because yeah. it's relatable to women, sadly. Absolutely. Right? We got yeah. work to do. We do. Yeah. So a little context for our listeners, uh, pain can significantly erode our self-confidence, which you know already, manifesting in various ways, including self-doubt, isolation, dependence on others, a lack of trust in one's own body <laughs> and abilities, feelings of being misunderstood, apprehensions about the future, and concerns about potential rejection due to the challenges posed by living with pain. So if you live with pain long enough, that pain confidence cycle begins to sort of perpetuate itself, where that lack of self-confidence increases both the emotional and physical pain. And in turn, the pain erodes our self-confidence. So we're here today to talk about it. 
So Anne has written two amazing books, and we're going to just dive into those first. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your um, awesome books? Yes, I have two books. The first one is called The Wisdom of the Sticky Note. Second one is called You're Stuck Now What? And the first one was an accident. It came about after I had done a year of posting on social media because people told me I wasn't doing it enough. <laughs> and, all, <laughs> and all I started doing literally was posting a question or idea every day. And of course, it's nothing random. It was what was going on in my head. There's nothing random under the sun. Anyway, I thought nothing of it till a year later when I met up with a bunch of people. And in the first 10 minutes of every conversation, every single person said, I love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They didn't like it or do anything like that on social media, but they were saying, I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed is there were three themes in, in the first book, which were, you need to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. We have so many voices in our head and don't tell me you don't because yeah. we do. <laughs> yes. Um, but deep in there is also your voice. Mm -hmm. And my whole mission is to have you recognize your own voice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you don't listen to those other voices. It's just make sure you recognize your own yeah. and follow what your intuition tells you to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. The second one is your mindset. Mm -hmm. Mindset is so powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's Henry Ford and I'm not going to get it right, but his quote is more or less, if you think you can yeah. or you think you can't, you're right. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, not that everything's hunky-dory and perfect all the time. And why would I not choose to be optimistic if I can? Mm -hmm. why, that builds resilience. Mm -hmm. And the third piece is we always feel afraid. It's mm -hmm. given. Like, yeah. Anytime you want to make a change, mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether it's for great reasons, your brain is made to keep you alive and safe. Right. So if you want to do something new, it's like, Beam, beam, all the warning uh -huh. lights yeah. go on and say, we can't do something new because we've got everything figured out. We can keep you safe. And you, you try and do something right. new, you're taking too much energy. Yeah. All nonsense. Yeah. So what I've learned to be true is that fear and action, they can't coincide. Mm -hmm. And so when I say action, I don't mean this big thing. I mean the slightest, mm -hmm. tiniest action to get you going. Fear can't be there. Right. So this that was the first book. It's now going to be my third. It's kind of as a confidence recipe. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so I'm elaborating on that on my my third book that I'm working on. And the second book was You're Stuck Now What, which came together during COVID. When I was feeling these feelings and I noticed that journaling my thought and reflecting on it was helping me feel a little bit of momentum or move forward. And so I thought, Maybe this will help someone else. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that's why you're here. Because we have, I mean, both books are going to be hugely beneficial because, well, and then your third one that's coming as well. And the, and the main points that I think um, what we're going to be doing today is, you know, you're going to talk about your expertise and I'm going to throw in just sort of wrap wrap it up nicely in the chronic pain of experience course, just so that it comes together. Yeah. But, you know, the whole fear and action is huge because the pain creates fear and the fear creates more pain. And so when you are fearful of, for example, let's just say movement, you know, mm -hmm. your doctors told you, you got to move, you know, it hurts, you know, it's going to hurt that fear starts to come in. Right. But what Anne is saying beautifully is just that one step, little step. Um, and then that starts to build confidence. Right. And the second thing I love that you said is about just bringing your voice. Yeah. Right. And so Amen. that's, that's huge uh, it, because in the chronic pain world, that voice is not necessarily always welcomed. So, right. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to dive in a little bit more. Yeah. 
So um, when we tried this last time, I kind of threw you to the sharks and said, <laughs> probably going to mention that a few times today. Um, but I know that there is a bit of a difference between the self-esteem and the self-confidence. Uh, and just for our listeners, you know, some of you might be nodding your head, but when it comes to self-esteem uh, and self-confidence, they they have a lot of overlap. So yeah, how would you describe self-confidence first? It's basically, excuse my language, not giving a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, knowing who you are Mm -hmm. and being okay with showing up exactly as that, Mm -hmm. um, which full disclosure is still something I will work on and probably always work on. I don't think it's a one and done, but Mm -hmm. self-confidence is really when any situation you show up in, you can be yourself. Right. Right. Okay. There you go. And so for our listeners, how often can you say you showed up as yourself, right? When it comes to pain, that's a very difficult place to come from. So... But that's not to say that there's nothing we can do, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we're here. So the other thing that sort of ties into it is that whole self-esteem or self-efficacy and self-efficacy just meaning the belief in yourself. So once you can start taking those small, little measurable steps, not measurable, doesn't even have to be measurable. Yeah. That's when that self-esteem starts to grow. So there is a lot of overlap. Okay, what are some, we're going to kind of start with the tough part or what might be holding us back from self-confidence, but what obstacles do you typically see in those that you work with when it comes to what, what sabotages our efforts for self-confidence? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, there we go. The brain, <laughs> our thoughts, our mindset. It's our mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, back to Henry Ford, because it's so succinct that I always, if you look at the world in a certain way, that's what you're going to see. So I always use the analogy of you buy a red car and all of a sudden, all you see everywhere around you is red cars. <laughs> so true. It's not that they weren't there before, but yeah. the way your brain works, the uh, reticular activating system in your brain will start to notice them. Mm. It's the same way when you look at the world as crappy all the time, mm. your brain will go, oh, you think the world's crappy? Let me show you more crap. Mm-hmm. When you start to shift, and again, this is not about ignoring reality. This is about trying to um, live a better, more resilient life. And so when you start to say, oh, I'm going to look for a good thing in this person, or I'm going to look for a good thing in this situation I'm in, then you're going to start seeing those little tiny things show up mm-hmm. there too. So it it works both ways. and. I guarantee you when you start and the shift, and that's why I'm holding my fingers like that. I'm literally talking like that much of a movement because those tiny movements on top of each other really are the key to transformation, whether it's your mindset or other things that really is the key to transformation. Tiny, 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 not even baby steps. Cause let's face it. Those are big and clunky. Yeah. These are little tiny ones. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's where the power comes from is when you feel like you're now taking a little bit of the control because you're the one making that little teeny nudge forward. Right. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Sure. Amazing. Okay. Back to my question sheet here. <laughs> uh, okay. So What I wanted to try and do is, um, again, the way that you have written your book is fantastic because they're just little sticky notes and each sticky note poses a question, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to, I've taken some of those and some of the ones from your website, which is amazing. And we're going to talk a little bit about them because they're so short, succinct and beautifully to the point. First one is progress over perfectionism. Oh, all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you see the sticky note, and I don't know if the one you saw it was, I have progress over perfection, practice, fail. And I spell fail wrong. I spell it F-A-L-E with an X through it, (laughs) then fail. And 
repeat, but there, there's a couple things there you need to learn and you also need to forgive. Mm. And I think that's what gets missed in the typical movement as you're learning a new skill or trying something new out, whatever it may be, is the beating of ourselves because I didn't get it right the first time when the actual progress is more important Mm -hmm. and to keep moving forward. And if you, and if you mess up, then fine, forgive yourself, learn for whatever that thing is and keep going. Right. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. That's a skill set, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it's a biggie. It's a big one. Yeah. Yes. And and much of the work we do um, inside the Change Plan Academy when it comes to um, moving beyond so almost to the point where we're trying to accept our new normal is starts with self-compassion, starts with that, giving that space to really forgive. Yeah, okay. Sure. Confidence comes from doing. Yeah. Sadly, sorry to be the bearer of this news, but it's like anything, like any skill, because confidence really is a skill. And in order to grow any skill, you can't read the book, watch the YouTube video Mm -hmm. and talk about it. You actually have to take action. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's a hard truth. So it means you're going to fumble. You're going to trip. You're going to get a few bumps and bruises. But the next time you try it, you're going to get less trips, less bumps and bruises. And with time and practice, which any new skill requires time and practice. You will start to notice when you look back, like, huh, mm. look how far I've come. Right, right. And how how resilient building that actually is, right, when you're the ones taking those steps. For sure. Uh, and I think, too, you know, if you have anyone in your family who's ever been through counseling when it comes to anxiety, especially, you know, there's that that process of sort of negotiating what it is you feel comfortable doing next. And so when your voice comes to the table and you start to say, this is what I can do next. And to this, to do what degree, then amazing. Like mm-hmm. if you're, you're now the power is back in your court. Okay. Next one. Here we go. Um, before you listen to the voice in your head, make sure it's yours. Yeah. So back, clearly I was going through something when I wrote that first book. <laughs> Pandemic maybe. Right. <laughs> the trust yourself piece. Yeah. So you know, especially when you try something different or new, the voices will come. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, a parent. It could be an influential teacher, an, a boss. The vo- There's many voices in there. Um, and that's okay. And I want to reiterate that. It's never a bad thing to have other opinions, there's, right. but there's two things that matter. One is, again, to find your voice in there. And two, if you like the input that that voice has given you that's not yours by all means do it but make sure when you're listening to those voices that you decide what the next step is not someone else who literally is not you because even if the situation looks completely the same if dean and i are going through the same thing we're two completely different people it is never the same so that's why listening to your own wisdom when you're being asked to do something that maybe you don't feel you can do that's important because you know you best right right yeah well said I do think too that, um, you know, when it comes to this negative bias that we have, and we'll talk about that in a second, when we have these voices in our heads, and that is a big part of the chronic pain experience too, you know, I'm not good enough, I I can't keep up, you know, I'm I'm a burden, whatever those words that are coming to your head. Also, uh, those voices that are coming to you are much a result of your upbringing. Like you said, you know, the voices, maybe the way your parents explain things, or when you hurt yourself when you were younger. So all these things not only impact your pain, but also the 
the talk, right? Yeah, that's the commentary that the happens. The commentary. For sure, for sure. Right. And so like Anne is saying, if you can sort of understand whose voice is it, not just what the words are, but whose voice is it, is really, really impactful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Two steps forward, three steps back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a beaut, right? And again, it's that whole practicing and learning a new skill. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a journey. And sometimes you're going to be marching right along going, yeah, and then you're going to trip and you're going to, (laughs) I'm back here again. The key is to keep taking a step forward, keep taking a step forward. And when you take a step back, that's not the end of the world. It's a chance to regroup. Oh, that didn't work out. I'm going to move forward again. And eventually you're kind of looking behind yourself and going, huh, look how far I came. Right. And it's amazing how many people don't do that right they don't reflect they don't realize how much work they actually have done yeah and their progress yeah i think the progress gets missed when you don't look back true good point so true yeah okay you're never going to feel ready enough (laughs) confident enough prepared enough i love this (laughs) that's the fear piece right Mm -hmm. we like i said before we our brains are just meant to your point the negative bias um, that's what kept us safe. That's what kept our ancestors safe. They had to anticipate the worst case scenario mm. so that they could survive. So the saber tooth tiger wouldn't be around the corner when they went outside. Right. Not true for us. Right. And so we can let those voices in our head or our negative bias that goes, oh, you know, this isn't going to work out. We can let all of that control us rather than going, there's never going to be a right time. I'm going to take one step now to try something new or do something new. Mm. Um, because the right time doesn't exist, quite frankly. Right. It just doesn't exist. It's no such, there's really no such thing. Right. No, it's so true. And so just to pull it back to the chronic pain thing, mm. it's so important. First of all, like you said, the safety. So you've said it twice yeah. now. So thank you. Yes. Safety, when it comes to the brain and how it interprets and gets us through our day-to-day life, safety is paramount. And so when you live with chronic pain, the the brain just senses danger at, at every turn. And so, you know, once we know that, once we acknowledge, okay, this is my brain just doing its best to navigate the world around me, that's important. And safety comes in so many ways when it comes to self-confidence, doesn't it? As oh, far as the words we say to ourselves, to oh, others. Oh, yeah. Apologizing. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Number nine, fear is a liar. It magnifies what can go wrong and minimizes what can go right. It's a cognitive bias. What you focus on grows. Pay attention. Uh, what are you focusing on? Yeah. Just like I said, when you pay attention to something, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden you've got the red car and they're everywhere. That's what your brain looks for. Right. Oh, more red cars. There's another one. There's another one. Mm-hmm. And so when you're focusing on something that's not useful for you, your brain's just going to do what you ask it to do. Right. Simply, right? What you think about, it will draw more attention to. It's not mystical or magical. It's a fact. That's how your brain works. It'll focus on what you ask it to. Mm-hmm. And that's why intention, which is one of my huge things um, for anybody, doesn't matter if it's confidence or anything else you're working on, you have to know what your intention is and make sure it's something you want versus something you don't want. Mm-hmm. We're so clear. And in your community, it could be, I don't want to be in pain. Right. So my question would always be, what do you want instead? Right. So focusing on what you want is down to that little granular piece of how our language affects how we think and then our subsequent things we notice. 
Right. And, you know, as a small example, if if you know that movement hurts and your doctor's saying, yeah, God, exercise, and you do, you got to move. It's really important to ask what it is you want, what it is you like, you know, and we we lose the ability with chronic pain to really look forward. We're so used to looking back and at the life we once had. It's just, it's so difficult. Mm. But to be able to have a little bit of intention, just to try it out to say, what is it that I want? You know, do I want to move regularly? Yes. And how am I going to do that? What is going to be meaningful to me as far as that movement goes? So, yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Oh, and there's that, that bias popped up again, that negative bias, right? It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. I mean, because again, it's how we're hardwired. Yeah. That is how our brains are wired. It's not yeah. a fault in the system. And that's the one thing I want to call to attention to is none of this that we're talking about so far is a fault in the system or in you as a human being. It's the fact that you are a human being, that all these things exist. It's right. our safety systems that are built into our DNA right. that are just trying to do their job. And it's work to kind of go, oh, you know, I want to override that. Yeah. It can be done, but it's a lot of work for sure. Absolutely. And thank you. That brought me to my next point. Uh, just to really reiterate what you had said about the focus. And for mm-hmm. anyone listening, you know, all too well, the more pain you are in, the more you're going to focus on that pain, mm-hmm. which then makes the pain worse. Yes. So, um, you know, if there is, and there are lots of ways to be able to shift that focus for any of you who work with, you know, distraction techniques, whether you go out for a walk or you do some art or crafts, or you listen to music, you know, those are all things to pull you away from that focus. But once you know that your focus, the more you focus on your pain, the heart, the worse it gets, then hopefully we can then start to take that focus elsewhere. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for reminding me. I really wanted to talk about that. Okay. Here comes another one. Uh, stop getting in your own way. Instead, how about less overthinking and self-doubt and more self-trust and action? Yeah. Anyone else out there an overthinker? Mm. Um, I'm queen. <laughs> right. And and when it comes to self-doubt and those other things, often when you dig deep, it's not so much the self-doubt, it's what will they think, mm. right? It's often looking around you, you know what's best for you and you know where you want to head. And that self-doubt comes in when you're like, oh, what's Dina going to think if I say that? What's Dina going to think if I do that? And I'll be honest with you, quite frankly, we're also focused on ourselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody's paying attention, right? They're focusing on themselves. So it's about doing what's best for you. Right. And that's a whole other conversation in itself because it's all about setting boundaries. It can be really hard to trust yourself when you live with pain, right? When your body is not, you don't feel safe in your own body like you once did. When you're not able to get out and do the things you wanted to do, there's a lot of distrust when it comes to your body. So, you know, doesn't matter though, because there are things that we can do to help you know, that's why Anne's here is to really help us talk through, okay, one of the first steps is just starting to work on confidence, just hearing these words um, that we're saying around, you know, possibilities around work that can be done. So there's hope. I love this one. <laughs> this this is me to a T. Growing your confidence is messy. Oh my God. Yes. Like, and it goes, it, it's a theme here that you're picking up on, which is, it's not a one and done. Nothing's right. a one and done. Mm-hmm. And it's messy because there's the fear that comes in because you're going to be maybe expressing yourself in a different way that you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. You're trying a new skill that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. And it's not linear again to the two steps forward, one step back. That's what it's like Mm -hmm. in any skill. So 
embracing the mess right and and saying and being more playful about where can i get messy today right. and make it one little thing uh, rather than avoiding right because of the mess um know that you are not al- like you're definitely not alone mm-hmm. definitely not alone mm-hmm. everyone feels that way everyone yes so true okay um and that th- i think that ties in beautifully to the very first point about uh, progression over perfectionism, right? There is never the right time to start. However, um, we don't want to not start just because we're worried about it not being the right time or not being able to do it well. Because again, like Anne has said, those little micro steps, little, little nudges. Oh, okay. I love this one because, (laughs) you know, not only are we trying to sort of gain things, but there's also that reciprocal, which is really important to the letting go of. So I'm going to read this out to you. Growing confidence requires letting go of expectations, judgment, beliefs, impatience. All of these are yours and within your span of control. Where do you want to start? Yeah. Because often we are so hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. and the expectations, you're setting them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you have power over that. All of those different feelings. I want to see what other, I want to see the other ones. Yeah, absolutely. judgment, police, all of those. Usually, we could put a self in front of those, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because we judge ourselves when we can't do something that we think we should do. We judge ourselves when we think you know someone's thinking of something about what we're doing, right. and in essence no one really cares as much as you do. And I know that sounds harsh, but we get caught up in our own cycle of thinking about ourselves. And really when it boils down to it, it's letting go and knowing that no one else is as concerned about things as you are. Mm -hmm. They just aren't. Yeah. I know it seems hard. It does seem harsh, but it's reality. And, you know, again, a lesson that still I work on, like it's not that anyone figures it out and then permanently knows it. But it is one of those things where you have to realize that those things don't help you. Right. And letting go can come in many, many forms, can it? Right. And I think that's a, you know, a whole other conversation again in itself is that letting go of even certain voices that come to the table, you know, letting go of certain aspects of your pain story, you know, what are we really holding on to? So, and then one other thing too, that's a part of this is, and which comes from Anne's book is just the whole impatience part. We are bred to believe, and Anne and I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. So we know that we are used to that quick fix. We are led to believe that this is what you do to make things better and it's going to happen relatively quickly. We know that's not the case when it comes to especially working on confidence, working on new skill sets, reducing the amount of pain you live with, right? So if we know this is going to be a longer journey, let's settle in for that long journey and embrace the mess and maybe get strategic along the way somehow, right? 100%. Okay. So this one is a big, this is a big one. Um, (laughs) No, I don't know what she's saying. So I'm as Curious as you are right now. I am throwing Anne to the shark right now. I know this one's going to be a heavy one for our listeners because um, it grabbed my eye. It's actually one of the first statements on your website. And I'm like, oh, this is just so good. Now you're like, okay, what is it? (laughs) Um, Okay. It's right on your about 
I'm going to give you a little context first. So if that's okay. So all too often, our chronic pain community is left to believe that they have little to no control over their quality of life with pain. In part due to the way we treat pain, coupled with the lack of pain education in our current model of care. So I want to put that out there. What we're about to talk about next is not your fault. It is definitely a result of how we treat chronic pain right now. Okay, so here it is. Are you relinquishing your outcomes to someone or something else and hoping for the best? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you can extrapolate that how you will for pain. Mm -hmm. When I work with clients, it's about preparing for every situation they're in because, so for example, if you're seeing your healthcare provider, your alternate care practitioner, whoever it is that you're encountering, really being clear before you get into that situation about how you want to go, your outcome, yeah. um, rather than just sitting there and having things happen mm-hmm. to you, right? you get a much better chance of getting what you want when you go in prepared. Maybe it's in your situation with questions or a specific piece of information you want to come away with, whatever the case may be, being super intentional before you go in there. And then you're way more likely to get closer to it, if not usually achieve it by knowing what you want. It's Uh, key. Yeah. So it's so, it sounds so simple and it's not, it's a practice. Right. Um, And it's so worth doing. Yeah. Preparatory. Yeah. And I think that's part of the, the moving forward part of chronic pain is being strategic. Like, just like Anne said, And by the way, we do have a freebie you can get, which is just getting you prepared for that doctor's appointment, getting it all on paper so that when the short time that you do have, you are fully prepared. Your voice comes to the table. Um, I'll leave that link for you at the end. But um, it's really important to have that little preparatory time so you feel like you're more in the driver's seat. right? You are kind of in more and more intentional about what's your appointment and the outcomes and it's about you, right? Yes, you're collaborating with your doctor and he's part of the equation, but you coming to the table with that voice first. Oh gosh, yeah. Pretty powerful. Because how many patients are they seeing in a day? Yeah. You could be her fifth patient in a row with something or other and their brains all over the place. Gosh. And really you being intentional will call their attention mm-hmm. because if they're ready to rhyme off their usual stuff and all of a sudden you're well, wait a minute and what express what you want, it's going to change the dynamic. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is also comes from your very first book, The Wisdom of the Sticky Note. And it is, the first step is always harder than it is. Oh my God. Yeah. And I don't think it matters what that thing is because we're all going to have our our things that we're working on. And right. we create, you know, I, I picture like a Disney movie or Pixar movie where the stair gets bigger and bigger. And really it doesn't. Right. Um, and once you take that step, I can even feel it in my chest, the relief. Mm-hmm. even if it's the tiniest of steps, it, it's that sense of control, right? Right. If you're able to go, I can take, I can make that phone call. I can send that email. Mm-hmm. I can pick up that book to read, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. The first step, once you do it, the sense of accomplishment and relief can be crazily exponentially bigger than the, the action, right. if that sounds weird, but mm-hmm. you're actually taking that step. So it's like, oh, can do this yeah and it just builds that momentum right just takes a little bit of courage right for that first oh god yeah first oh yeah but it's like it's like the whole anxiety thing when you are so worried about what's going to happen and a lot of times it doesn't actually happen right we spend a lot of time probably most and energy right right (laughs) 
really, really overthinking that or, or feeling that physicality in our body uh, as we worry about what's coming next. So now I know we don't have a ton of time to talk about your second book. Maybe I'll have to come bring it back for another no, one no, sometime. But your second book is all about uh, helping you to get unstuck. So it's called You're Stuck, Now What? I honestly would say a large part of our chronic pain community is deeply stuck in their pain and completely understandable why, right? Again, it's not your fault. It's just the way our neurophysiology works and the way chronic pain works is uh, it's a process. So um, in your opinion, what are the biggest reasons that we humans get stuck? Well, I'll give this little metaphor or analogy the kid in the candy store that's told there's a whole wall of candy and they said, you can, you can get one thing. So you have so many options mm. and you can only pick one. Mm. And that's can be very overwhelming and can keep you stuck mm-hmm. equally. The flip side of feeling like you have no options can make you feel stuck. Right. And the one thing that seems to be true in my experience is when you're clear about, again, your outcome or what you want, that it, it pulls you forward. It's like, there's the beacon. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it stays there. It can shift and move. So especially in the community that I'm talking to, I'm guessing that could be the case is mm-hmm. things are going to change. Mm-hmm. The thing is, as long as you're moving towards something, it's going to pull you. And it's hard to be stuck when you have something you're working towards. Right. Like it's almost impossible. Yeah. And again, these are my experiences. Yeah. Having that little ounce of clarity about that next thing. And it could be, I'm going to have a cup of tea. Right. It doesn't have to be. I think we get caught up on the super big things when really it's being clear on the next thing that you can accomplish in that moment. And it could be getting yourself a cup of tea. It doesn't have to be. It's the low hanging fruit that you go for. And I got goosebumps when you said, because you just explained the chronic pain experience beautifully when you said there's that both, right? There's that too many choices and not enough choices, right? The not enough choices are, I don't know where the heck to go next. I'm in a lot of pain and I'm being told there's nothing else we can do. Two, I have so many appointments and so little time and effort and motivation and drive and desire to do all of these things. And it may not be getting me the results that I want. So that is such a juxtaposition that, you know, our, our community lives yeah. with yeah, for, for sure. sure. So, but again, the message being brought home by Anna and myself today is just uh, that courage to take that first, a little, little step, step, right. And then when you do take that step, look at it and go, Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> look at me. Well, this is something I like to say is that, and that's why I love the gentleness of the little step is you can take that step and go, oh, mm. Mm, not for me. Yeah. You go back to where you were. Mm. Here's a spoiler alert. You're never going to be the same after you step back because you've made a step, you've done something. So you've gained that knowledge. Mm. You can take that step and go, yeah, yeah, I think I think this is okay. And then that'll help you to take the next step. So it's a no-lose proposition, mm. taking baby steps. It's a no-lose proposition because right. you're going to gain a direction to where you want to go or you're going to go, nope, that's not where I want to go. I think I want to go here instead. Right. So yeah, I love that about that. Oh, amazing. And if you do take that little step, right? And if if it hurts, as it may or may not, that's okay, because that pain is not necessarily damage. And that's a whole other topic, but it may not mean you've done more damage to your body. So take that little step, something that you believe is um, that you're capable of doing, something that has some sort of meaning to it, take that first step, and then, uh, yeah, give yourself that pat on the back. So Mm -hmm. 
Was there anything else that we may have missed? I mean, I again, I really kind of just focused on some of the high level snippets from your books, but is there anything that you think our community would really benefit from the sticky note notes that you have in your books? I honestly, self-compassion, mm, okay. kindness. Um, we tend to be very hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that is part of it is being kind to yourself. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I have a kindness sticky note in there. I'm thinking my my third book probably does. Um, but it's about really honoring yourself mm. and where you're at and then taking the step. Mm-hmm. I know not only for myself, because this is not about me, but for our community, the deep need to feel like they need to apologize. You know, (laughs) I know you are the person to talk about that, but I really, uh, I see it. I mean, not only do I live it, but I see that perpetual feeling or need to say that they have to apologize. I'm sorry. I can't make it out tonight. I'm not feeling well. I'm sorry. I can't help you with that. I'm sorry. I can't play with my grandkids. Yeah. It becomes um, perpetuating, right? Yes. So what would you suggest who would help our community out with that? Change the habit. <laughs> That's a so, tough one. That's a big and, one. And so, and as we were chatting about this before we went on camera, it's about pausing. And I always say, if you've done something wrong, please, yeah, absolutely apologize right. as you should. Right. However, to your beautifully illustrated points about I can't make it out tonight. Sorry, I can't make it out. Mm. Shift that to, thank you for your understanding. Right. I can't make it out tonight. Thank you for your understanding. Mm. Um, think I can't get out on the floor and play with my grandkids today. Thank you for your patience. Right. It's about reframing the story into something that actually, my guess is in this community is more accurate. Mm. It's just something you can't do at this moment. So thank right. you for your patience. Yeah. Um, because a couple of things happen when you apologize mm. and we don't think about it. People on the receiving end unconsciously go, oh, you must have done something wrong if you're apologizing, <laughs> right. which nine times out of 10, my guess is you haven't. Mm-hmm. And then what kicks in and it's subtle and it's not like you can even pick up, but there's a blame part that goes, oh, mm-hmm. Dina said, sorry, she must have done something wrong. Right. And there's that whole thing that goes on. And then the other thing that happens again, equally subtle is the person being apologized to feels like they have to fix it. Ah. So if someone says, sorry, I can't come, the other person's like, you know, scrambling to say something. But if you say, I'm not able to make it tonight, thank you for your understanding. It disconnects that whole loop. Right. You're left with your dignity intact mm-hmm. because you haven't apologized for something that chances are nothing to do with anyone else, yep. not your fault either. Yep. So it maintains your dignity and leaves gets the other person off the hook too. Mm. So that is why I'm so, I really encourage the shift and it is a shift because yeah. it's, we're Canadian. I know there's a lot of you watching this that aren't Canadian. I understand right. that, but that's a big part of our culture to apologize yep. <laughs> uh, as women. If you're a female watching this, it's a big part of it, yeah. but no one's exempt. I don't think so yeah. knowing that just that little shift and taking a breath. And what I suggest is simple. Take a breath, mm-hmm. pause. Thank you. Right. Thank you. I'm going to try that today because I am the queen of apologies. <laughs> I think my sisters and I will say to each other, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's too much. But you can see for our listeners or our viewers today, you can kind of see how even the words we choose. So the words we know are really, really important when it comes to not only communication, but just how you feel that day and what sort of 
you know, that word feels like in your body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a reciprocal deal. So when we're communicating with someone, so sometimes when we apologize, it's putting not only us in a bad position, but as Anne says, it puts them in a sticky situation, mm-hmm. thereby feeling like they need to fix us. And nobody likes to hear that, right? When they're living with pain. Well, I've broken, right? And I know, no I mean, you broken. might feel like you are, right? Yeah. But they're, yeah. So as you're not, yeah. Right. So the power of working on apology. So today, that's going to be our homework for today. It's just to try and say thank you for your patience. And and we would love to know how it goes. So yeah, hey, reach out to, to us. Love and to. how do we get a hold of you if they want to? Um, you can always go to my website and hit the contact me button and send me a note. So my website's steppingstonecoaching.ca. And you can send me a note on my contact me and we can reach out that way. It, is, it sends me an email. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will make sure I put that on the uh, page uh, for our podcast as well. And and YouTube, thank you guys so much for watching. And and thank you so much for being here. We finally got this one done. It's, it's <laughs> such a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Hey there. Before I run off to my next adventure, I really wanted to say thank you so very much for being here, for tuning in, and for being a part of the Chronic Pain Experience podcast especially if you've been here since the beginning. This little podcast of ours continues to grow, much in part to listeners like you. So thank you for sharing, thank you for commenting, and for being here. I also wanted just to remind you that if you'd like any more information and want to learn what it is we actually do here at Pain to Possibilities, as well as inside the Change Pain Academy, you can go to our website at Pain to possibilities.com. That's pain number two, possibilities.com, where we will show you that there is so much more to pain than perhaps what you're being told. So thank you again for tuning in. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you soon.